Do the Chicago Bulls really unlock something in their win over the Indiana Pacers that can be replicated in other games this season? We're going to talk about it and ask the question, do the Chicago Bulls have the proper tools to work themselves out of where they currently are? We're also going to talk about DeMar DeRozan needing only 14 points to pass Larry Bird on the all-time scoring list and preview the Chicago Bulls game tonight against the Dallas Mavericks. We're going to get into all that and more right after this. You are now tuned in to Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for all things Chicago Bulls, hosted by Hayes. What's going on, Bulls fans? Welcome to another episode of Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related. I'm the host here, Hayes, but more importantly, you guys can follow the channel at Bulls Central Pod on every social media platform we happen to be on. With that being said, let's go ahead and get into the content for today. First up, We're going to talk about the Chicago Bulls and something that they need to learn from this win over the Indiana Pacers, right? And that is really to kind of course correct the team. And so right now, the Chicago Bulls, when you look at the core three players, right, uh, out of the the core three, they've played 120 games together. Out of those 120 games, uh, 26 games, they've all scored more than uh, 20 points or more. They have a record of 19 and seven in, in those games. So what does that mean? That, yes, the Chicago Bulls, when their core three are all playing, rocking, and rolling, we win games. Now, it's how you have to also fit that together. In Out of those uh, those uh, 19 wins in those games, 17 of those games were games where Nikola Vucevic actually had the highest usage rate. Now, nobody is saying that Nikola Vucevic is the best out the core three. Maybe some people are. But I do think that the Chicago Bulls, in looking to really course correct and, uh, and change this offense, yet you need one of two things. You either need a true point guard who really can run that offense, which even Lonzo Ball didn't run the half-court offense a lot because Billy Donovan didn't allow him to, or you need you you need to really use that inside-out type game that we've seen very brief glimpses of over the course of this, uh, since this, this core has been brought together, and use that so that players like Zach Levine, like Kobe White, can really kind of roam out there. Now, also, out of those 19 wins, guess what? Out of those 19 uh, wins, uh, us being 19 and 7 in those games where the big three have all scored over 20 points, Alice Caruso was actually a big part in a lot of those games, playing a, a ton of minutes down the stretch of those games. So what does that mean? The, the, the key to the Chicago Bulls really playing better offensively is it, it really shows it being two things, right? One, Playing through Nikola Vucevic really does help the team. Should they do that exclusively? No. Nikola Vucevic is not Nikola Jokic. So, no, you don't want to run every set of your offense through Nikola Vucevic. But you do want to make sure you work that into where you're operating more from the inside out. That is something that can drastically help this team. On top of that, having the right mix of guys, right, having players step up and play uh, play extreme roles for to help kind of solve some of the gap between those core three players is important as well. And having a high-level role player like Alice Caruso, I'm not surprised that he actually showed up a lot out of those 19 wins because guess what? Alice Caruso is a goddamn beast, right? And so I think when you look at the Chicago Bulls, and yes, we said at 500 on the season, so, you know, it, it, right, it's been 50-50. It's been four games, right? So we still have 78 games left on the season. It really is going to be interesting to see if what and how this offense evolves and the continued defense, right? That is another thing with this team. In games that we win, it's when when we have locked in defensively, and that is something that this team, everybody needs to pride themselves on. One of the best things that came out of that Indiana Pacers win was just how the team as a whole closed out on three-point shooters and contested shots. Didn't allow for easy penetration. Whoa, that's a Dwight. Didn't allow for easy penetration to the rim. I, I still think that that's a pause. Nonetheless, uh, but I just that is how this team needs to play going forward, right? 
to 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 play tough, right? To really dig it out, right? To really get in there and just when you, to play with some heart, grit, and determination. I saw somebody ask, they're like, "Well, is playing with grit and determination the same thing as you have to play every game like it's a game seven because that's not sustainable?" You know, sometimes you can, you can tell when people have never played sports. No, you can play with some grit every single game, every single night. Now, could that be exhausting? Absolutely, right? But this team has to come in. You cannot be a team because, listen, we have flaws. And there are absolutely and, – and even without that, the NBA is a game of runs. And so when the Chicago Bulls don't necessarily play, um, you know, and match the game of runs or allow that to get down on themselves – that's when things get tough, right? And so the key to the Chicago Bulls really kind of unlocking their offense isn't necessarily shooting a bunch of threes, right? Yes, in our win against the Pacers, we only shot 17 threes. We had had a pretty decent clip. Now, you do want to generate more natural open threes and not have a reluctance to take that, and that's kind of what has hurt the Bulls. But I think early in the season, we may have seen an over a bit of an overcorrection as far as the three-pointers, right? I think that we, we understand that to be more modern, right, to be in more games, especially when you're facing teams that have high-volume three-point shooters, you need to be able to hit your threes. But you don't want to just take 43s just to take 43s, right? You want to be methodical in how you go about them. Take the open ones. How do you move without the ball, right, or, or move the ball around to generate open looks for people? So that's what it is, and it's more about spacing than what is just about shooting threes, right? And even Billy Donovan said that, says this, identity, and for us, it starts with space with the spacing component to it. And there are times where we've just got to be mindful and not be a burden. Create an opportunity where the guy with the ball can make the best read. And that's read and react offense, right? That is kind of the thing that we're seeing. Yes, we're seeing a move to the modern NBA where a lot of players are, are just, or a lot of teams are just taking threes to take them. You want to be consistent in how you go about them and, and, and methodical in how you generate those threes. Yes, moving with the ball, creating those opportunities, right? The average three-pointers per game was at, was 33.3. And 17 threes attempted by the Chicago Bulls are not really going to cut it. Now, we don't need to be the team, again, that's taking the 42 three-pointers per game because we just don't have that level of three-point shooter out there. We got some solid three-point shooters. Torrey Craig, solid. Javon Carter, solid. Uh, 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 Zach Levine, solid. Kobe White, he can be hit or miss with the three-pointers. If he can get hot, he can definitely go, right? And Patrick Williams, right? You have players that can hit threes, but you, you need to make sure that they're open, right? Alice Caruso, I would assume, well, these are type players that can get in rhythm from three. You don't want them taking high-volume threes, but they can definitely make it when it's open. So if you are more methodical in how you generate those threes, that definitely can help. And getting paint touches. Getting touches in the paint. And that really comes down not just to Nikola Vucevic, but also something that the Bulls need to do better at identifying is how to use Andre Drummond in pick and rolls, right? Yes, pick and rolls is very simple and simplistic offense. And I don't mean pick and rolls necessarily where it's meant for Andre Drummond to necessarily score in every pick and roll. But Drum is also a solid passer, not a great passer by any stretch. He's not the passer that Nikola Vucevic is. But if you can learn to operate from the inside out using pick and rolls, then open up some things on the perimeter for you, you can start getting in that spacing and that shooting and things like that. So that's something that the Chicago Bulls absolutely need to look to do. Um, to uh, improve the spacing without necessarily having to shoot a ton of threes and be this huge volume shooting three team because we just don't seem to have the roster that that does it and we can shoot ourselves out of more games and we can shoot our we can shoot ourselves out of more games than we can shoot ourselves into by just trying to take a bu- a bunch of threes so that's something that we definitely need need to see right uh, Zach Levine also getting to the free throw line this is something that I'm going to continue to watch this season for Zach Levine. 
Because I tell you what, if he can get to the free throw line, he's already averaging the most free throws per game uh, that he's averaging in his career. Now, it's only four games, but if this can continue for the season to be an added weapon to Zach Levine, I tell you what, that makes Zach Levine an even tougher guard for a lot of teams. Because listen, we know that Zach can get hot from three-point range. We know Zach can do the dribble and step back and, and drain it in the mid-range. We know also Zach can dunk on it on your head. So if he's also playing smart and getting to the free throw line is really about uh, being smart in your timing, using your change of direction speed, right, to kind of confuse the defense so you get them up and you and you draw that, that contact. So if that's something that Zach Levine is going to start doing consistently as well, don't be surprised if it opens up considerably some of his offensive game as well. And we start seeing a little bit better from Zach in that area as well. So those are just kind of some of the things that I wanted to talk about. Moving on from that topic, and we'll be previewing the Dallas Mavericks game here towards the end of the show. But DeMar DeRozan only needs 14 points to pass Larry Bird. And so expect that to happen today. And, uh, you know, shout out to, to DeMar DeRozan and the career that he's had, right? And being one of the healthiest players over the course of his career as well, uh, where he is on the all-time scoring list, I think it was thir- he's 39th or something like that now, um, about to pass Larry Bird because that's happening probably in this game. It's, it's, it's very few games DeMar DeRozan does not score at least 14 points in. So, you know, with that, but he was also interviewed about this, about Casey Johnson. And I love what he, I'm going to take a part out of it. He talked about, you know, players demanding trades and him not having an extension set in yet and how, how it plays into his game. But he says this, guys who demand trades to get traded, one thing I always ask them are, are you happy? As long as they're happy, that's all that matters. A lot of guys have families and they're looking at the bigger picture than basketball, somewhere they can be stable, somewhere they may want to live after they finish playing. I'm not against that at all. I support anything that anybody wants to do that's better for them. But as for me, I never got caught up into it. I feel like I wouldn't be able to lay down comfortably if I went somewhere and said, trade me. And so that, I kind of think, plays into this with the Chicago Bulls, right? DeMar DeRozan is a loyal guy. And, and a lot of this interview was him talking about loyalty. And I do think that he has a loyalty to the Chicago Bulls franchise. Now, the fact that there's not an extension yet, I do think that that maybe plays more into, you know, just the negotiation, the rigmarole of negotiating contracts, right? And so he, Casey Johnson also asked DeMar DeRozan how he felt about playing the season without having a contract. And he honestly just said, I don't even think about it. I try not to think about it. And so. We, us, we're seeing an evolution of DeMar's game and him changing a little bit of how he plays. It's evident out there if you watch the game, right? Not always evident on the stat sheet. He's averaging about the same shots per game. But there is a way that DeMar is, is, start, is starting to kind of meld San Antonio DeMar with early in Chicago DeMar. Now, it's only been four games. We have to see a much larger sample size before we're ready to say that that is something that's going to hold for the uh, true for the season. But DeMar DeRozan is a player that I, I really look at and I, and I commend, right? I, I love seeing in the era of players just trying to always force trades. Like, you, you know, how many players are traded at once every other year, once every season, If you, especially if you're looking at uh, James Harden? And DeMar is locked in. But I think that when it comes down to it, whether we're talking about an extension or not for the Chicago Bulls and DeMar DeRozan, um, I think the further that it goes along, the bigger questions that pop up. But I think DeMar's mindset is always going to be, he's just here to play basketball and to win games. And so I really respect that part of DeMar DeRozan as a man. And so, you know, while I have my issues with DeMar DeRozan on the court at times, right, as I do with every player, that's not exclusive to DeMar, I really do respect, like, how DeMar is in this era of player empowerment. And he even talked about that, the player empowerment movement and things like that. But it's just, it's just, it's just good to see a player that's just there to be loyal and play basketball. And, yeah, and that doesn't mean that he's perfect by any stretch of the imagination. But listen. DeMar DeRozan is, is towards the top of the all-time scoring list for a reason, and especially for a player that doesn't take three-pointers for real. So 
Shout out to DeMar on that. But let's go ahead and preview this game. The Chicago Bulls against the Dallas Mavericks going down tonight. So you know what that means. We'll have our pregame, halftime hangout, and postgame shows all live on the channel. So make sure you guys are tuned in for that. But the, but the Dallas Mavericks is, are, pre- present a, probably a as interesting test as what the Indiana Pacers did. Matter of fact, the Dallas Mavericks now sit in kind of the same rankings that the Pacers did coming into their game against the Chicago Bulls. Right now, Luka Doncic is averaging a near triple-double. With 39 points per game, 11 rebounds, and 9.7 assists per game. And it really comes down to, can you disrupt what Luka does? And if you can't, right, can you implore the type of defensive tactics where you let Luka get his, but you stop everything else around it, right? And him and Kyrie, you know, they they definitely have their issues and their flaws as a duo. But this team with the Dallas Mavericks is a team that I look at and I say, listen, um, Derek Lively, even as a rookie big, is playing pretty dang good for them right now, right? Not perfect by any stretch of the imagination, but he is playing pretty solid for them, especially when you look at what he's what he's getting as far as rebounds per game and where he's at for as far as blocks as well, right? And so Derek Lively is coming into this averaging 20 minutes per game at nine points per game, uh, and then he's getting six rebounds per game and right at a block per game. Again, in 20 minutes, that's pretty considerable. Now, you also have uh, Kyrie Irving and uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. both averaging over 19 points per game. Tim Hardaway Jr. doing that coming off the bench. Kyrie, of course, doing that starting for this team, averaging 19 points per game, four rebounds, and six assists per game. And Luka also is averaging a steal per game for the numbers that I gave earlier. This is a team that really, yes, they are top-heavy with Luka, Kyrie, and, and Tim Hardaway Jr. doing most of the work scoring-wise. But then you also have Grant Williams, Josh Green, and Derrick Jones Jr. playing great roles for this team as well. And so this is a team that you have to lock in defensively against. You also have to guard the three-point line extremely well against because like the Pacers came in as the best uh, three-point shooting team in the league against uh, uh, when they faced us, that now is the spot where the Dallas Mavericks sit right now. They are third in three-point shooting percentage at 40.8, and they're number one in three-pointers made per game. And they're averaging a league high 125 uh, points per game as a team. And they're shooting the ball effectively as well at 48.5% shooting as a team from the floor. So they're over 48% from the, from the floor and over 40% from three-point range. Those are things that typically give the Chicago Bulls fit. So they're going to have to implore a very similar game plan as far as closing out at the three-point line, contesting every three, getting your hands up, things like that, playing solid on the defensive side. This is a game where the Bulls' defense has to shine, and that defensive unit is going to have to show a lot um, for the Chicago Bulls. Now, on the flip side of that, the Dallas Mavericks are one of the worst defensive teams in the NBA so far. They are 23rd as far as opponents' uh, points per game, meaning that they are averaging a lot. They are allowing a lot of points. They also are allowing um, their opposing teams to shoot 44.3% from the field as a team. So while they're shooting effectively, they're also allowing other teams to shoot effectively. We know this Dallas Mavericks team was never really shaped up to be a solid defensive unit. So again, the two-way play from the Chicago Bulls, execution on the offensive side. Can uh, Nikola Vucevic take advantage of a, of, a, of a rookie big, right, in Derek Lively? And how can, how can we use more of that inside-out play? We're also going to have to have the role players step up big time. Whether Patrick Williams has a starting job or not, we're going to need him, Torrey Craig, Javon Carter, Alice Caruso, Kobe White, all to play their role solidly today, especially Kobe White being a starting point guard, and it's probably going to be guarding a lot of Kyrie Irving, right? Who draws that, that Luka Doncic matchup? Is it going to be Patrick Williams, right? That's something that you also can look at with this team. Um, at, at, You know, whatever they do there, this is a game where the Chicago Bulls have to come in and once again show the execution that we know that they can do They just have to do it consistently, right? They have to execute consistently. But we just had a game where Derrick Jones Jr. scored 23 points on like 16 shots. So, again, 
you cannot zero in so much on Luka that you allow the role players to completely go off. Maybe it may be a little bit easier to stop everything around Luka and kind of let Luka do his thing. They have to force this team, as they did with the Indiana Pacers, to shoot inefficiently. They have to be able to do that. You have to fight through screens. You have to get out on the three-point line. You have to play that solid defense. And we need the core three to step up again. Now, again, the core three didn't have perfect games against the Pacers, but they all stepped up in different ways in the fourth quarter as well. We're going to need that again for the Chicago Bulls also. So this is a game against the Dallas Mavericks where I'm excited to see how the Bulls perform. It's going to be another test of that defense, especially the, the, the three C's lineup, right? And how do we get that production from our bench? Because they do have a 19-point-per-game score coming off their bench. So how do we how do we do with that? I would love to see uh, Io DeSumo guard Tim, Tim Hardaway Jr. a lot in this game as well. Io's really been playing solidly in this new role coming off the bench for him. So it all makes sense for the Bulls. Let's hope that we see that. And hopefully the Bulls can get another dub. Because, listen, we've seen this team kick it up defensively. We haven't seen it consistently. But if this team can give a full four quarters of two-way play and play as a team, that's where things start getting special for the Chicago Bulls. But before we go as well, I do want to talk about the fact that the Chicago Bulls picked up Dalen Terry's third-year option. This was not a deadline or anything to do this. It was all but a foregone conclusion. I've seen a lot of Bulls fans kind of react to the fact of why do they do this. Um, you know, and it comes down to this when it comes to uh, Dalen Terry. The Bulls aren't going to give up on his potential yet. It's not going to be that he was going to get that third-year option regardless. Um, it really comes down to how do they now use the fact that they know they're going to have him to develop him. He's already been sent down to the G League, right? Now, with that said, how does he perform in that? How do you come up with a development plan that actually brings out some things in him? And how does he attack it uh, as well, right? It's up to Dalen Terry to attack it as well, to get it there, to get that, uh, to use these reps he's going to get in the G League to really up his game and learn the NBA game so that he can be a weapon for the Chicago Bulls at some point, be some somebody who could be played. Let's not even get to a weapon. Can you be played consistently, right? That's what we're looking for from Dalen Terry. He uh, gets his third-year option picked up, and he'll be down in the G League this season. But let me know what you guys think on that. That's my time for today, guys. Make sure you're following the show at Bulls Central Pod. You can send us any feedback, questions, feedback, comments, questions, concerns, uh, bullscentralpod at gmail.com. Lastly, if you want to leave a text message and our voicemail, the number to do so, 773-242, I'm sorry, 773-270-2799. We are the number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related, thanks to you guys. And like I liked in every episode on, go Bulls. Love you guys. See Red. It's game day. I'll see you guys live a little bit later. Peace, y'all. This has been a presentation of the Break Break Media. Media.